I heard the Lord tell me that you no longer are allowed to stand in front of yourself, throwing stones at yourself. You are no longer allowed to condemn yourself. You are no longer allowed to stand here accusing yourself. You too must get out of the way because I'm not even here to condemn you. So give me, allow me to love you just as you are. Stop trying to clean yourself up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. Hope everyone out there is doing well today. With me on the show today, I have a very special guest. I have my brother, Ty Montgomery II from the New England Patriots, aka their Swiss Army Knife. My brother, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Man, I'm so, I'm happy you on the show. You look like you just got done running the forty yard dash right now. <laughs> not quite, man. Not quite. But there's, there's very few shirts in my closet that have sleeves. So I'm in here. And I need to go work out. You got you got me motivated over there right now. Um, I'm sitting here in the hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I know I got you for a little bit of um, time today. So I just want to thank you again for for doing the show. We um, I know the audience is going to appreciate hearing more about your testimony, the things that you're doing in the kingdom, but. I just kind of want to start at the very beginning. So just tell us a little about yourself and your, your walk with Christ. Yeah, uh, I grew up in the church. You know, my mom's side of the family, they're either pastors, deacons, something in the church. My grandfather was a pastor. So uh, my mom, she's a PK, um, but Southern Baptist through and through. And, and I would always say that I knew what the Lord wanted, but I didn't really know the Lord intimately. Um, it wasn't until within the past couple of years that what I knew in my head actually made it to my heart. And God had to really do a work on my heart, softening my heart, um, teaching me how to forgive people, not just knowing to forgive and then saying, I'm going to forgive and then moving as if I've forgiven someone, but really allowing that forgiveness to like settle in your heart for real. Because a lot of us, especially growing up in a church, we can get so good at faking it. We can say that like we have forgiven someone and we can be nice, we can be cordial, but then God knows that there's that piece of your heart that's still hard because you still react a certain way. You still think certain things, you still get triggered sometimes. And even though you're good enough to not show it, that self-control is you having self-control, not the Holy Spirit giving you self-control because eventually you're going to get exhausted, you're going to get tired. And then, you know, we end up saying, oh, they just you know, they, they, they on the last nerve. They just, they just push my button. And that was one of the things that the Lord dealt with me on. He was like, what you thought was self-control was you doing it on your own power. And I don't care how strong you think you are. I don't care, you know, how much you work out your conditioning. If you don't have the self-control that comes from my spirit, you will have these moments where you still blow up. You will have these moments where you still lose control. And so your self-control may be good compared to others, but it's not the self-control that comes from my spirit. And it's because you have this unforgiveness in your heart. And he started dealing with me on that. And it was uh, the adulterous woman um, that really started to save me and deliver me from a lot of generational trauma, hurts, pains, things that I had suffered and struggled with that kept these things from making it to my heart to know him intimately. And when he told that woman, now who stands here left to accuse you? And mm -hmm. she said, no one. And then he said, neither do I. It was literally like at that moment, I'm reading his word, I'm listening to, to Kevin L.A. Ewing, and I just start bawling, crying because I heard the Lord tell me that you no longer are allowed to stand in front of yourself, throwing stones at yourself. You are no longer allowed to condemn yourself. You are no longer allowed to stand here accusing yourself. You too must get out of the way because I'm not even here to condemn you. 
So give me, allow me to love you just as you are. Stop trying to clean yourself up. A lot of people say that, but it was literally like, I know the Bible says that I'm not supposed to be doing this, but I can't stop doing it. So I just, something must be wrong. What What's wrong with me? What's this? What's that? And the Lord's like, I love you. Let me take that from you. Let me deal with that. Stop trying to do own. Let me deal with it and just give it to me. And I remember one day I literally, this was probably six, seven months ago. I'm having conversations with the Lord because I'm, I'm telling my therapist, like, it's not like I can pick up the phone and text him and tell him what I'm doing and then he's going to hit me back. I can't call him and he's going to pick up the phone. So when you tell me to receive the love and receive affirmation from the Lord the way I'm searching for it from certain people in my life, how does that work? And I realized that I was taking a personhood away from God. He was divine in my eyes and he was the perfect God. But I had took that person away from him by literally saying, he's not, it's not like he's here for me, like a real person. And that was me taking that away from him. And that's the reason why I couldn't know him intimately because I'm human. And the moment all that started clicking, I remember just having a long conversation with the Lord. They're like, I'm pissed off right now. And I don't know why I'm like this. Why am I like this? Why did you make me like this? Why did this person like, I'm just giving it to him rather than saying, I'm not supposed to be angry and I'm not supposed to sin in my anger. So therefore I'm not going to. Instead, I went to him and I'm like, I'm mad. And I don't know why I'm like this. And then things just started to fall off of me. And then I'm reading about Paul. And Paul said that I stopped trying to abide by the law. And it was the Lord, it was it was Christ living in me that was doing the work in me. And then all of a sudden I realized my desires started to change. Like I was no longer fighting to overcome these desires. Even the way I would fight temptation would be totally different because it was no longer me that was fighting it. And what I knew in my head finally made it to my heart and the forgiveness started to sink in and I started to be able to receive. And that, especially with your, you know, with that, with that level of a transparency, because I've, I've said this before that forgiveness is a road, but it's a toll road. Like it's going to cost you something and you, you can start getting glimpses of that forgiveness when you like, when you see those people who upset you and your skin doesn't crawl anymore, or like, you don't want to walk out of the, right. You know what I'm talking Or like, you don't want to walk out of the room when you see them. You know, that, that that feeling just doesn't bubble up inside of you anymore. And, you know, I love what you said, because um, it's it's crazy how when we try to do things in our own strength, in our own might, in our own power, there's no long term satisfaction in it. Like it's and it's also you also touched on like people and things having places in our in parts in our lives or in our hearts that God is supposed to have. We have God sized needs and it's not fair to us to put that off on man or anything else. Nothing is gonna gonna fill that fill that void. And similar to you, I tried that, and it, it still left me empty. It left me depressed and suicidal. And was trying to didn't fully understand that that's what I was doing either, because I hadn't fully came around to the Lord yet at that point. So that's true. You you get exhausted, and it and it was just like my therapist said this to me one day. You know, she was saying there's nothing more dangerous than an unhealed person with the knowledge of like what it means to be healed, because mm-hmm. then you can. You know, you can you can rhetoric your way out of everything and anything and you can you can preach the right thing to everybody and you know what you're supposed to do for yourself. So that's kind of how I was. It was like I knew all of this stuff. And because I knew all of that stuff, it almost made it difficult for me to like go through this healing process because, you know, like you said, I could stand in a room, I could feel these feelings and I could be like, well, scripture says this, the Lord says this. I need to I need to shut that off. 
So instead of me giving it to him, I was just shutting it off because I wasn't supposed to have it. I knew I wasn't supposed to have it. And then it, you, you, like you, you're going to get burnt out. You will get exhausted. I, it's one of those things for me in the, in my case, it was, well, I need to stop doing drugs, right? Like I need to, I know I need to quit this action. And then it, the other side of that was, God, why do I want this anyway? Why am I desiring this anyway? Because the quitting the action wasn't enough. Not only did I have to put off that action, I had to put on something else in the time of that action to give me something else to literally do with my time in my hands. But it was, God, I need you to deal with the heart condition piece of this because that's really the problem. Why am I desiring my sin? Why am I desiring this more than I'm desiring an intimate relationship with you? Why is that I want these things that I know? And that's the crazy part. It's like, I know I'm hurting my body. Like when you get drunk and you wake up hungover and you don't feel well, like it's, you just did something to your body. Like you just depleted something. You removed all nutrients, whatever it is, you know, you're, you're hungover for a reason. Like that's not a good feeling. Then why do I keep doing it? You know, why, why I keep going back to the bottle, right? Like I know I'm hurting myself, but I'm, I'm continuously doing something. And now we're in this vicious cycle. So God, I have, I have a heart condition issue here. Let's help me to deal with the with the root of of this problem, and that's that's what took me some time to to really get to was oh wow a lot of this has to deal with the rejection I faced growing up. Holy smokes, I can't keep blaming anybody for this. I got I I have to to deal with this because again, like we just talked, this is a God sized problem. This is not a Ty or an Eric problem. This is something I need Jesus to reveal to me how to do this, so this test can become a testimony for other people. Yeah, bro, absolutely, man. And you know what, you, you know, you, you bring up drugs and I've I've struggled with my own stuff. For me, it was lust, struggling with lust and like bad and just in and out of relationships and trying to fulfill certain things with relationships. And then I had to realize that essentially what I was clinging to, like what became the idol in my life was like doing the right thing, like earning something, like gaining something. As long as I knew I was doing the right thing, I was good. I was good which was was tough because like i'm trying to do the right thing how is that bad how is that so wrong how am i hurting myself by trying to do the right thing all the time and i was running from the rejection i was running from the lack of acceptance i was running from so many things the trauma and the pains that i had by just trying to do the right thing i had to learn that trying to do the right thing with the wrong motives was still an issue <laughs> you know like i had i had to i literally i've taught lessons on the real why like, why are you actually doing what you're doing? And I'm, I'm only sharing this because it's over with now. And by the time this episode airs, it'll probably be a few months um, removed. But I, I just came out of a, a fast and I was just telling God, like, I need to make sure that I'm doing everything I'm doing for you and unto you. Nothing else. Nothing else. I'm just going to you have my yes. You have my obedience. I just need clarity on where to go, what to do, how to do it, when to do it. I just I need the grace to be obedient to you. Like, you have my yes, you have my obedience. This is about you. This cannot be about me. And that's just something I did. I did recently is just, I decided to just go on a, a few day fast just to really, I need clarity for the future of what we're getting ready to do. I, I just need to know. And I just went in expecting. So um, I usually when I'm fasting like that, I just do liquids for a few days. So um, no, no substance. Now I need to stop going to the gym when I fast. That was not wise. Okay. <laughs> I'm just confessing to you right now. There was no, um, I didn't have to do that. I'm I'm gonna tell you keep going to the gym. I've actually I've fasted during the seasons, not not for very long, but I've tried to fast during the season. I just don't tell anybody. And I actually fast when I train. Um, I can say this now because I'm out of it. I went on a two week fast where I did nothing but vegetables mm -hmm. every time I ate and water. That was it. But that was for the first week. 
And then for the second week, I watched a sermon by Dr. Miles Monroe. He was talking about fasting. Yeah. I said, okay, Lord, I hear you. Then I went on a seven-day fast where I ate one meal a day, and it was only vegetables. So every 24 hours, there was one meal, only vegetables, and only water the whole time for an entire week. And I was working out. I was running miles. I was lifting. I was doing everything. It wasn't nothing but God that got me through that. It was definitely God that got me through that. Because towards the end of day three, around 10 p.m., bro, I was fantasizing about McDonald's sandwiches. And I don't, it was crazy. These are my confessions. These are my confessions. Um, I'm trying to keep it together, but I'm struggling. I never, Um, I only, I, I encourage people in, in my church and in my ministry specifically. I tell them when I get ready to, to fast, not, I tell them to encourage, I tell them that to encourage them to get into the discipline of fasting. I'm going to go on a fasting for a week. Would you like to join me? Or if nothing else, then pray for me. It's definitely not an attention seeking thing. It's more of a, just as a, a pastor and a leader, it's like, I want you to know, like, these are the things your leaders are also doing. You should be doing these things. But, um, and it's one of those things that I'm getting back in the habit of doing that monthly, where I just take a couple of days and I just fast monthly just to seek God, just because one, where are we going? What are we doing? I want to make sure that I'm hearing from you clearly to not take those those missteps. And there's just something about just emptying yourself out of just our our some of our worldly comforts. You know, like we we talked. I can't remember if we said this on air, off air, but I was 315 pounds. So clearly, food was a comfort for me. Clearly, it was something that I, that, I, that I sought that I, I that had a place in my in my heart that God was supposed to have. So for me, just being able to keep that away and just spend that time with God when that hunger kicks in and just spend that time just praying and just spend that time just when I'm hungry sitting with him, man, it was it was beneficial because he he was showing me some things like you we still have some work to do in these areas. So it was it was good to hear from him clearly in that in that situation. You you make me want to go fast right now. Cause you're you're right. The benefits from fasting, the clarity that you get to being able to be in his presence in such a way and being intimate by like getting intimate with him when you're fasting it's like it's it's amazing like it makes me want to go fast and i think about the i don't remember where it is but i think i believe jesus met a woman who lived a lifestyle of fasting and the fact that like i will never forget that it said like she lived a lifestyle of fasting and i was reading that while i was fasting and i'm like so you mean to tell me does that mean like 365 she's always fasting is that like like what does that mean but I know that I had lost the idea of fasting for so long that I think more of us like in the in the kingdom, like our Christian brothers and sisters should be fasting more often. Well, right now, I'm not going to name them because that's their business. But the people who fasted with me or were fasting um, while I was fasting, I appreciate them. Those those are my those are you need friends like that. They yeah. when they find out you're fasting, like I will join you. And I'm like, you about to join me in my suffering? Wow, that's got to be in the Bible somewhere. I appreciate y'all. We all need some of those. I got yeah. some of those too, man. What you doing, man? I, I'll join you. You know, I got a sister in Christ right now. Be like, hey, man, you know, she she loves Tiffany Montgomery. She'll be like, I'm going on this fast. You want to go with me? I'm like, yeah, I'll go on this. I'll, I'll go on another fast. With you. And that's 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 the rub, right? Because I know, I know when the, I'm, I'm with you because you did it with me because you got down with me. So let's let's do it. So that's that's the church, right? Like we we bear each other's burdens. Like when one of us is hurting, we're all hurting. When one of us is celebrating, we should all be celebrating. You know, like so I appreciate those people who get in the mud and stay in the mud with me in those in those cases. You know, shepherds smell like sheep. That's it. You know, Jesus was the good shepherd. He was not called the clean shepherd. We know he's clean, he's the son of God, but he got in people's messes. He taught them how to wash feet. He talked to the woman at the well. 
right? He did. He actually did a lot more than talking to her. All right. Like we know that, like, and what happened, she went back and she told everybody that story. She told everybody about her encounter, what had took place. So those people who get dirty with me, you know, those, I, I appreciate that because that's what we, what we need. And it's crazy how, when I started to struggle with that fast, how many people started texting me like at random, Hey, how are you doing today? You were on my heart. I was like, let me tell you exactly what's going on right now. Cause you're texting me for a reason because you don't even really know that I'm fasting right now. So let me just go ahead and God put you there for a reason. So let's go ahead and share this. So oh, that's great. And and those are the things that honestly, like start to encourage me in my fat something like that. I happen and I'll be like, you know, I'm not even hungry no more. Like, let's go like, okay, God, like, all right, you just sent somebody. Let's go. I'm glad this is encouraging you to go back to fast. I'll get back to you in August. Like right now it's July. <laughs> I just ended it. I'm good. There's a McDonald's around the corner. I'm gonna go hit that up. I give, I text you in August and we can fast together. <laughs> I give it to you in 30 days, dog. I need a minute. So you, you are doing a lot for, for the kingdom. So I do, I want to ask you this question really quick. How do you, how do you continue just to honor Jesus with your platform? Number one. And then how, how do you go about incur and what advice would you give to someone else who may be an athlete or have a platform to just, you know, continue to live out their faith and show, show Christ while they have this spotlight on them? Uh, I could sit here and talk about being humble and like humility. But I, I don't think that would really do it, do it justice. Like, I, I think that it's this, this is the best way I can put it. And I, I hope it lands. But it's remembering that I'm living my faith and I'm living what I'm living for him. And he's in charge. So now I'm like, I want to submit myself fully to God. And it goes so far as like, before I do anything, I ask myself, God, did you, did you tell me to do this? Is this what you want me to do? Just because it sounds good to help someone, just because it sounds good to do this or to do that, is that what you want me to do? Because that could be somebody else's lane. That could be somebody else's mission. And I want to make sure I'm not doing it for my own glory. I want to make sure I'm not doing it so I can feel good just to know that I did something for someone else. And I think about like Paul, I remember reading it Acts. Paul was so confident in his role in the kingdom. He knew he was supposed to preach to the Gentiles. He he knew it, but that doesn't mean that there's other people that aren't to be ministered to. It doesn't mean that there's there's not other things to be done in the kingdom. So I'm not gonna try to tell God where I'm gonna go and then ask him to bless it. I'm gonna ask him to just order my steps, keep me in his promises, you know, as as much as, much as he can. You know, I know there's gonna be hard times and this and that, but I'm gonna I want God to tell me where to go. Like God, like where, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Is this what you want me to do? Because I'm not going to do it unless you want me to do it. And sometimes I'll literally, I will Gideon's fleece something mm-hmm. before I'll do it. I'll be like, God, if you want me to do this, then I need to see this happen. And I and I need you to do it two or three times, just to, just, just to be clear. I'll throw it out there and I'll flip it over and I'll say, do it again, because I need to know. And that is something that has really matured throughout my faith walk and it's helped me just just continue to live out my faith, which is before I do anything, when things happen, when I start feeling things, I literally just go into conversation with him about it. But what do you want me to do? You're my head. I'm submitted to you. I'm not just walking around here as the man and I desire to be a husband and I'm a leader and I got to do this and I need to provide and I need to do all these things. I am a submissive bride to Christ before I'm anything else in this world. So I go directly to him. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that too. Cause you, you also, one of the things that, that I noticed is that you just recently, cause you talked about just making sure that God is ordaining your steps. You just recently planned, and I don't have the dates in front of me, but you had a trip to Israel for, for young adults who transitioned out of the foster care system. So how, how did that come about? How just, 
however you want to dive into that, share that with the, with the audience. I was in Israel 2022 and I was going through a lot of my own stuff. And I remember asking God, God, what do you want from me? What do what, what like what what do you want me to do? What what is my purpose in this world? And he definitely shared something with me that he hadn't given me the okay to share publicly yet. But something that I can share is that he said to me, everything I'm doing for you is not for you. It's so that you can do it for other people. Come on. So you're having an amazing time in Israel. And this is great. You're having an experience. You're learning things. You're doing this. You're doing that. I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to show you that everything this, like what I'm doing, this ain't just for you. This is so, you know, when I be talking to God, I'll be going to him like me. So I'll be like, I'll be like, fam, bro. Like, like this is, this is so you can do this for other people. I'm giving you the vision. I'm, I'm showing you. So now you see what this is. Now go do this for somebody else. That's why you're here. And I was like, I got to give this to people. I got to give this to these foster kids, to these youth aging out of foster care. You know, my, my, I, like it says, like giving, giving them hope for a future that they desire, but faith that the future they desire will come to pass. So one thing to hope for and to believe that it can happen is another thing to have faith and just know that something is going to happen. So I was like, give, give them a chance to experience God, not just learn about him, not just interpret him through Western world, culture, whatever. Go experience God. Go exactly to where it happened. Understand the cultural differences, the cultural significance, the cultural importance, and then just be there. Just literally just be where it happened. And all of like all of this, having this whole conversation. And I was like, okay, how am I going to make this happen? And I just started having to telling all the right people on my team. And, you know, God, God definitely came through multiple. There, there were times where I didn't think it was going to happen. And I was like, God, I thought I was doing what you wanted me to do. And he hit me with the ushers. Watch this. Watch this. I promise you did. And it was multiple times. And I'm like, okay, God, this is yeah, this is you. Then this is what you wanted. So how is there a way that people can support your efforts? That's something you plan on doing on a yearly basis, consistent, but like talk, talk through that and how like anybody in the audience can either volunteer, get involved, support, philanthropic. How can, how can we help with what God is calling you to do? Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be an every year thing. Um, I'd like to turn it into two trips a year. This year, we we did 11 foster youth that had just aged out of foster care, and, you know, two or three years aged out. But I'd like to, we'd like to get that number up significantly and then do a couple trips a year. So right now, just monetary donations is the best way to help. Um, what's really cool is some of the youth that went wanted to, you know, create this or turn this into like a program where the youth that go then become, you know, mentors or I don't know, whatever you would call it, but they want to go back on the trip as like leaders on the trip for youth that come, you know, behind them. And then again, that was just something that God did. I didn't even think about that. And God was just like, watch this, like, look, look at what I'm doing here. And so um, as far as volunteering or anything like that, it's not anything that we've really talked about. That's a great idea because I do want to get more people to go. It's not just for the foster youth. It's for whoever God calls to go. Like we're going to make this happen, but it starts with these youth. And specifically, this is where my God has put my heart, honestly, for the foster youth and just, you know, we call them forgotten youth. And it's it's more than just foster youth. So right now, monetary donations, they can go to IamTimeMontgomery.com um, and the link is there. All the information is there as well. 
There's a newsletter that'll be coming out every month. Um, we'll be keeping everybody updated on everything that's being done in the community, different ways that they can help. Um, there's also a blog um, that I'm that I'll be consistently posting as well. Just keeping everybody um, up to date on things and sharing my thoughts and sharing things that the Lord has shared with me over time. And that's all on IamTimeout.com. We're gonna share. Um, I didn't get a chance to tell you this before we jumped on, but we sh- we're gonna share all of your links um, when we once once this episode goes live and then it'll it'll keep it'll all stay up there too so um and my my stepfather actually has an organization called a second home he actually started a program in cleveland because cleveland didn't have one for uh people or for young men who aged out of the foster care system so we should definitely touch base on this and don't be surprised if you take one of these trips and i end up coming with you so um don't be shocked don't be shy about to slide through there and then let's hey let's let's bring some of the kids from second home as well i'm i'm not playing Let's let's see how many we can get. Whatever the Lord says. Let's talk about this as soon as we log off, because I'll share something else with you. Yeah, let's let's definitely talk about that. And that actually gives us another reason to pray and fast in August. See, not that <laughs> joke. That joke is now something we have to do. I'm hungry already. Great. All right, brother. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This brings me to our our final segment, which is our let them know segment. This is where you can share anything you like with with the audience whether it be spoken word, word from God, anything else that you're doing um, in the community. I know you just touched on on your blog and your philanthropic efforts, but my brother Ty, please let him know. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm just going to speak on something that I spoke on before, you know, about the adulterous woman. Um, Stop standing in front of yourself, casting stones. Let go of the pain, let go of the trauma, let go of everything. As a matter of fact, if you can't let it go, let God take it from you. Literally just walk into his arms exactly as you are Walk into a right relationship with him exactly as you are and just like he said you know who who is here left standing to condemn you and no one is not even him which includes you and every time you look in the mirror just start talking to yourself all the right ways and as he said he is the light follow him and just rest in his love his yoke is easy to bear a lot easier and thinking about everything you've done and how you can fix it and how you can change it and how you can do this and how you can do that. Let God take care of all of that. That's right. You're his child, leaving in his hands. He knows how to take care of it. He created the heart. He knows how to handle it. <laughs> Absolutely. But I got one more thing for you. Would you mind closing out in prayer before we get out of here? I don't mind at all. Let's do it. The Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this podcast. I ask that you bless Eric, bless his ministry, um, and order his steps and everything that his and everything that he touches, uh, let your hand be on it. Let everyone who's listening, um, just the Heavenly Father, let your let your spirit permeate. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, Father, I just thank you for my brother Ty, Lord. Um, I pray you just continue to um just give him wisdom and just give him just the plan and vision for his life. Give him the grace to just walk out um the plan that you have for him. I thank you for his yes. I thank you for everything you're doing in him and through him, Father. I just speak for just good health over him as he uh goes into this football season, Lord. And I just I thank you for just for all the people that that his testimony is going to be a blessing to. I thank you for all the people that he is going to just inspire and encourage to to follow you, Lord. I pray you just continue to open up doors for his trips to Israel and just I just speak for divine appointments over him right now. We just pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My brother, thank you. Um, I'm getting ready to. I'm gonna when I get the redwood shirts, we're gonna have to send you one so you can cut yeah. the sleeves off of it. So I want to see yours cut off too now. Yeah, I, it won't be the hoodie though, because I really like this. I'm gonna have to get another okay. one. All right, that's that'll be the that'll be the next one. That'll we'll be in workout attire next time we do this, brother. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for doing the show today. I'll be in touch. All right, thank you. God bless.